Today's Real Presence Live broadcast on the Real Presence Radio Network is brought to you in part by Rose Management. Affordable housing provided. Serving North Dakota and Minnesota. 701-237-6840 or rosemanagement.net. Welcome back. I am Heather Caro. And I'm Chris Motes. And we're broadcasting today from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. We've had a lot of big conversations happen today on Real Presence Live. If you want to check them out, go to yourcatholicradiostation.com or realpresenceradio.com, as Lori would prefer I say it. <laughs> so, um, or you can download our app and you can find all of our interviews that we've had today on our app podcast section. So, Chris, if I could spit out the words, I would be making a lot of good progress. Well, you know, there, there's a lot of great content. And I think I'm going to go back and download some of these episodes from today. I'm, gonna, I'm like taking notes listening to some of these I people. Know. You know, like I can use some of these, uh, right? some, of this, some of this advice and counsel from some uh, some really wise folks. So oh, totally. Um, and we're going to we're going to continue uh, yeah. with the wisdom. We've got another segment left in the program today. For our last segment, we are joined um, by my neighbor to the north, uh, Christopher Dodson, the executive director of the North Dakota Catholic Conference. Welcome to the show, Christopher. Oh, thanks for having me. What a show this has been. And no so, kidding. If someone's, tuning in, if someone's tuning in now, you don't need to listen to me. Everything great has already been said. <laughs> Go back and listen to the podcast. No! No, it's, we are we're going to get better and better. This so, been so, Christopher, really, you're, you're right. It's been a great show. I, I mean, I'm taking notes of what you're mm-hmm. saying and what Jason's been saying. Yeah, it has been fantastic. Yeah. So, it has been great. Christopher, for, for any new listeners, I know that you've been on Real Presence Live before, but for anybody who's maybe tuning in for the first time or a new listener that hasn't uh, heard you before or, or isn't familiar with the North Dakota Catholic Conference, can you, can you tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do? Um, I'm, I'm another lawyer. Another lawyer on your show. <laughs> um, I, I am a father, and my children are grown, and a husband. And um, originally from California, I went to law school in Berkeley, and at Wallen Law School, I converted to the Catholic Church. Mm. Uh, instead of studying law, I ended up reading Chesterton and encyclicals and <laughs> and the um, doc- documents of Vatican II. I ended up in North Dakota, where my wife is from. And I have been the Catholic Conference Director for 27 years. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I'm still trying to figure out what to do. So. <laughs> still well, taking notes. how it's done. Yeah. Well, and, well uh, like we've been saying so throughout the I, day. I, I appreciated uh, hearing the conversion story this morning from the guest from South Dakota, Representative Hansen. Um, yeah, because I'm, I'm also a convert. and. Hmm. Um, God gifted me with um, a love for the law, a love for the church, and a love for politics, and then sent me to the right place. Mm, that's beautiful. And I, Christopher, we've known one another for a few years now. I never knew that about you, that that you're a convert. But um, you know, G.K. Chesterton too. What a powerful, what a powerful figure um, to yeah. read and uh, and to be drawn by. So, oh, beautiful. So. So Christopher, we're kind of we're we're in that season now where everybody's starting our legislative sessions. I don't I don't start till next week. You started you started this week. You've kind of been hard at it, and um, we've we've touched on some like 
particular issues a little bit in the program already today, but want to dive into a, a couple of very specific things a little bit more. And, and one of the, the policy areas that we could say, um, really, that there are a lot of principles of the faith that we could bring into it, is a, a term that Jason Atkins used was school choice. Sometimes we use the, the term parent choice, and maybe there's, there's some, the same principles that can inform either, either political phrase. But maybe, can you, just for listeners, I, I think it's maybe a policy area that maybe people haven't thought much about before, you know, because it's kind of outside of the, the life, family, religious freedom, uh, bailiwick. But, like, what is, tell, tell us a little more about school choice and, and what's going on in North Dakota, what you want people to know about. I think the first thing people need to understand about school choice, uh, in particular um, our listeners, is it's not about Catholic school. Hmm. Uh, we would have, we would advocate for school choice if there wasn't one Catholic school in the state, because it's a fundamental right of parents. Um, it, it was mentioned earlier, I believe. You know, people have a right to education. Parents are the primary educators of their children. But the state also plays a role. And that's, I think people miss that in our teaching, is that society and the state have an obligation to assist in the parent, the right of parents to choose the best educational setting for their children. And it's based on who we are as human persons, created in the image of God with the ability um, to develop ourselves as human persons. And it has nothing to do with Catholic schools. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, I think, something that we, we miss when we um, think about education from a Catholic perspective. Well, that's a really interesting way of looking at it because... Um Chris, we've had your wife on talking about her method of education. And then my daughter, um, I think a lot of us parents have re-evaluated and re-thought um, about education in general just this last year because of, um, you know, some kids having to stay home. For my daughter, it was a positive thing. For my daughter, it created less anxiety. And I never would have known that or experienced that if I hadn't tried out a different way of education. And so I think that's really interesting that you're bringing it up this way because it is a new way of thinking about school. God created each of us unique. That's that's the beautiful thing about his creation, is all of us are unique and develop differently and have different needs and different ways we learn. And he gives parents the primary place of determining what is best for those children's individual needs. Hmm. And sometimes that might be a public school, sometimes it might be a Catholic school, sometimes it might be homeschooling, which my children had all three. Um, And it's the obligation of the state to respect that choice and, as the catechism teaches, provide um, the means to concretely exercise that right. How does that look for you, Chris? Yeah, I wanted to hear your opinion. How does that look for you and your family? I know your wife homeschools. Yeah, and actually it's even a bit more robust than homeschooling. In South Dakota, we have a statute. It's Chapter 13-27 for any of our uh, legal geeks out there. I want to go read it. 
It's it's called alternative instruction, and its roots are kind of in truancy laws, and just providing providing other avenues uh, for for truants. It's it's become commonly known as like the homeschooling statute. But actually, one of the things I've learned is that there are a lot of there's so much diversity in the way that parents are choosing to educate their children, and something that Hannah, my wife, uh, is doing right now, is. She is getting together with um, another family every every day, and they are they're kind of running an elementary school classroom for mm-hmm. a bunch of kids, their their own children, and in order to and they're using a, a a common curriculum, they have a common plan, so it's not necessarily like a homeschooling co-op where right. maybe people are doing different things but come together for like art or gym, but right. then the other thing they're doing that's kind of part and parcel with it is because we have small children and. Um, so they've they've hired a um, an independent contractor, a certified Montessori school teacher, um, who's got running a little classroom for ages three through six, and then there are a whole bunch of families that are sending their little ones to this school. Wow. So it's actually a bit different than what you would mm-hmm. think about with like traditional homeschooling, where you know you're maybe just doing school at the kitchen table. They're doing this in an unused classroom at a parish nearby, and it's it's been you know. Um, it's an independent project, but uh, you know, thank God, the the pastor has been supportive and and just lets them use the space. So there's just a, a there's room for so much diversity and creativity, mm-hmm. um, which which that's one of the things I appreciate about what Christopher just said, which is we'd be advocating for school choice even if we didn't have Catholic schools in our state, which is actually a really important point in in our rural states because there are a lot of areas out there that don't have Catholic schools. So the question yeah. is. You know, how is the state and how, how even is the church affirming parents as primary educators of their mm. children in a place? You know, I was just talking with a pastor um, a couple weeks ago who is in a very rural uh, parish, north, central, South Dakota. He doesn't have a, a Catholic school at his parish. Um, it, it closed a number of years ago, but he's got some, you know, he's got some great Catholic families that have chosen the public school. He wants to affirm them and help them. He's also got a number of families that are choosing uh, homeschool or other kind of creative means. And so we were just talking about how he could affirm them and support them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I do really appreciate that that point about even if there aren't Catholic schools, this is still a really important policy area. And we'll, we'll have um, uh, a few bills I know coming up in North Dakota um, uh, to, to further school choice here. We have well, practically nothing compared to other states when it comes to school choice legislation. But I think this could be a year we get some, we get somewhere, or at least get through one chamber. And um, that's just, it's a diff- it's an uphill battle it's a, it's, uh, in some states, and North Dakota is one of those. But I think people understand, especially after this pandemic, that, you know, maybe there's more than one way to educate our children. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and I've even seen um, there, there's been some polling done lately too, just kind of reflecting that that reality that there are a lot of parents like you just said, Heather. I never would have like thought about this mm-hmm. that there are some other ways of going about things. Yeah, um, and that's not to say that that the things that we're doing now aren't working or not good. They they certainly can be, but it's just there's been a lot of creativity and thought. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been sort of instigated by <laughs> yeah. the year that was 2020. Um, yeah, so. Interesting. Um, great. So, so Christopher, we've got some other stuff to talk about. Any any final points on school choice? 
Um, not at the moment. I mean, I think it's a good point that people need to understand that this is an obligation for Catholics, even if there isn't a Catholic school near you. Hmm, interesting. Well, Chris, I think we should take an early break, um, just so we don't dive into another topic without being able to finish it. <laughs> so I'm hoping, I'm hoping Eli is paying attention. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break, folks, and we come back more with Christopher Dodson on Real Presence Live. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back. I am Heather Caro. And I'm Chris Motes. And we are your hosts this morning, broadcasting today from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. We were in the middle of a conversation with Christopher Dodson, who is the North Dakota Catholic Conference Executive Director. So thank you, Christopher, for joining us. Um, We were talking about things that are happening uh, this year in the North Dakotan legislature. So, Chris, I'm going to let you pose the next question because you're kind of knowledgeable, more knowledgeable than I am. Well, I'm I'm just a student learning it. Uh, Christopher, as as he shared earlier, has been doing this for 27 <laughs> years. So it's um, it's amazing. Yeah. To, just so grateful for for the wisdom and the way you put our last conversation about school choice. Some some really, I mean, I was learning stuff there. I thought it was really excellent. One of the the next things we want to talk about 
that that I know you've got some thoughts on too, and you're kind of expecting some things in the North Dakota legislature, is is kind of building from uh, this topic of religious freedom that we've talked about with um, some of our past guests this morning. But in the particular context of some of the emergency orders that that various governors have used mm. to sort of um, sort of guide us through navigate the coronavirus pandemic. Um, what, what can you tell us about about this, Christopher? Just in, with religious freedom and emergency orders, what are you expecting, and what should we know? Well, first, let me say that none of the emergency orders uh, issued by our governor, Governor Bergen in North Dakota, impacted the churches. Um, so we've been very thankful for that. Uh, we voluntarily have done things in both dioceses, um, as as you know, they have across the country. Um, but when you're dealing with an issue like this, you learn that maybe you need legislation because you don't know who the governor will be or what the situation will be in the future. And so I know there's a bill mm-hmm. coming out um, that will set some parameters on what could be done in emergency orders as they mm-hmm. impact religious practices. Um uh, this has been an issue around the country. Um, uh, I know Chris knows this. Our fellow state Catholic conference directors have dealt with this in various degrees in other states. Um, and the Supreme Court um, has, in the last few months, um, issued some opinions that help in this area. Uh, but there's still benefit to putting something in statute saying that if there's an emergency order or the state health officer issues something, it can't unduly religious freedom unless you have a legitimate compelling interest and it's done by the least restrictive means. Now, you know, Heather, you've had lawyers on the show, all the lawyers on the show <laughs> understand the, that terminology, mm-hmm. um, but those are well-known words to us lawyers that deal with First Amendment and religious rights issues. It's sort of a gives a strong protection to religious freedom. It doesn't say that it's absolute, but it gives strong protection for religious freedom. Yeah, I think an example that, that maybe comes to mind for, for people as, as we're just thinking about like uh, executive orders and religious freedom, there's a, a photograph that is kind of floating around the internet from the state of Nevada, who, like many places, kind of shut down for a while and was really restrictive um, at pursuant to an executive order from the governor. But then when they opened back up, you see thousands of people flooding into casinos. Yet at the same time, there's a very, very low cap on the number of people mm-hmm. that could worship in a, in a church at any given time. So it, it's, I think where you're going is that there, there could be a law that they could ensure that that sort of thing doesn't, Happen is that is that what you're saying, Christopher? Yeah, let me let me give some history on this. Like I said, I started 27 years ago. Religious freedom issues never came up when I started, and then they started popping up, and almost always they're not intended to go after religious groups or religious practices. Um, it's just they didn't realize it, and and sometimes. You can't expect an administrator dealing with a lot of issues and someone from the executive branch or something dealing with a lot of issues to realize that 
doing X is going to impact the religious practices in this particular religious, religious group out there. They, one, they don't know all the religious practices, and, and they're not expected to. Um, and they, it's just not on their radar screen. And at the same time, through those years that I've worked here, there's been this diminishing of respect for religious freedom. Um, okay. So it, it, it isn't even on their radar also. The last few legislative sessions I've been to, uh, I've had more religious freedom bills than I ever expected. I mean, things that impacted religious freedom that I had to go and take care of, hmm. um, bill by bill. And they're not, the, the sponsors of these bills, the people who wrote the amendments, don't really think they're go, going after churches. They don't realize it, and then I push hmm. back, and then they, you know, as Chris Meadows know, you know, some people have a hard time accepting that there's a problem in their bill. Um, and I think that's a general problem in our society, that we just have this diminishment of respect for religious freedom so much that we don't recognize when it's happening. Hmm. And yeah. I think if there was I, our I can... counterpart in California years ago described it happening there early on, that people treat religious freedom the same way they think it's no greater than the, the right to choose a green car or a red car. Huh. Um, right. It's just, a, it's just a choice that people have and yeah, it shouldn't mm. get that much legal protection. And that has creeped into our society so much that we don't think about it when we're legislating and that's why we have um, people like Chris and Jason and I mm. to try to keep an eye out for that stuff. Yeah, I I really appreciate that. And I can testify even too, it's crept in, in South Dakota. I was tuning into a city council debate for a small town in South Dakota. They were essentially talking about churches in the same way as if they were a bowling alley or a bar. It's mm. like, wait, wait, yeah. wait. No, we're we're special. Not just in the order of grace, because um we need to be free to pursue God, but but also legally, <laughs> constitutionally. Mm. We are we are different. Um yeah, we have we've five, got a couple minutes we had left. Five bills left. I was going to quickly say we had five bills last session um, that would um, prevent us from saying no to firearms in our churches. That everybody everybody would have a right to bring a gun into the church. Well, the bishop said that's our choice. Mm-hmm. Five bills I had to quash doing that last session, and yeah. I bet it'll come up this session. But that's our right to say yes or no. Right. So, Christopher, we've got a couple of minutes left, um, and and one thing that uh, I think would be really helpful for people, can, do, you, do you mind just sharing um, where people can find your website and maybe some suggestions about how they can get involved mm-hmm. with your work uh, up there in North Dakota? Yes. Well, our website is ndcatholic.org, and we also have a legislative action network where you can register and get regular emails for action alerts. Um and what's happening around the Capitol. And we have a lot of stuff is posted on Facebook as well. So follow our Facebook site. Um, I'm going to put a plug in to um, get involved in the legislative process. And it's much easier this year uh, to watch all the committee hearings online because they made changes due to the pandemic. Nice. So in some ways it's easier to get involved and follow what's going on. Great. Christopher Dotson, thank you so much for joining us this morning. 
Oh, thank you for having us. It's been a great show. It has, absolutely. Well, Chris Motes, it's um, end of the show already. <laughs> that was wow, a whirlwind of a show. Yeah. So next week we have a lot coming up. So let's go up to Eli in Fargo, who uh, will tell us what's happening Monday. Hey, thanks, Heather. Yeah, great show today. A lot of really interesting segments. And like you said, you know what? You know, while the, the the whole show was about politics, I don't feel like it got super, you know, know. brainy. You know, it's, it's something that even me, who knows very little <laughs> about politics, I could follow along. I know, me too. Informative and good. I and feel so very I, smart now. <laughs> exactly. So I really, I really enjoyed today's show. Anyway, good. another good show coming up Monday morning, nine to eleven a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That'll be hosted by Father Brandon Moravitz and Ben Frost, coming to you from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia, Minnesota. I mean, talk about. A dynamic mm. couple of hosts up there. Right. They'll visit with uh, Tammy Ringhand about a special conversion story. You won't want to miss it. It's a really great one. Plus, they'll be joined by a sister who'll tell us what's coming next. I'm just going to leave you in suspense. You'll have mm. to tune in on Monday, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. Well, that seems to be the question on everybody's minds. What's coming next? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <gasps> the Lord knows. Yeah, just got to have faith. So, have. Yeah, I really appreciated that today. A number of the guests were just ins- insisting on ah, prayer. Stay in the heart of the Lord in prayer yeah. and just ask him to reveal uh, his will to us because that's like the safest place on earth and that's the most secure right. place on earth. You know, the, uh, the, the, that'll that'll help us uh, take whatever whatever the next right step is. So Yeah, well, and um, I, I will be honest. I was a little nervous for today's show. Not only because it was full of lawyers, <laughs> but just with, you know, how everything is going on in our country. It just, I was like, I just want a little bit of peace in my life. And I actually think this yes. entire show is pointing me in the direction, like you just said, how to find that peace amongst all of this chaos. It was just mm. an amazing show. And thank you, Chris, for co-hosting with me today. Oh, it was such a pleasure. And yeah, that peace really is a gift of the Holy Spirit. He'll give it if we ask. Amen. Amen. Well, any last thoughts, Chris, before we say goodbye to our lovely audience? No, it was great to be with everybody. And uh, and just maybe to touch briefly on something that Christopher said right at the end was, it, because of coronavirus, it may be easier even to participate in your legislative processes by tuning in or even calling in for mm-hmm. to get to, to to share your thoughts on bills. So I would really encourage everybody out there to to get on the email list for Minnesota, North Dakota, or, or South Dakota Catholic Conference, and uh, and stay in the loop. Very good. Thank you, folks, for listening to Real Presence Live. We'll have more next week. God bless. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.